Welcome to the Dog Show Show podcast, presented by the Staffordshire Bull Terrier Society of New South Wales and featuring Kim Reader. Uh, welcome, 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 welcome We uh, to the latest episode of the Dog Show Show podcast. As always, it's uh, myself, Adam, Barb, and on the line, calling in remotely, is Kim Reader. Hello, Kim. Hi, how are you doing? Hello. Wonderful, wonderful. Now, we um we had those couple of live episodes which were uh, that we recorded. The forum. We, yeah, we had lots of listens on those. That was fantastic. Some good feedback as well. Well, thank you to everyone that attended the day as well. Yeah, that was brilliant. It was good um, to have a live audience, wasn't it? Yeah. Well, yeah, it was. It was. It was really unusual. I've never, never done that before. I liked it. Did you enjoy it, Kim? Yeah, I thought it was great and the guys liked it and I think um, they were really quite impressed when it was all over. Yeah, good. <laughs> oh, look, it's, it, you know, it was flying by the seat of our pants, but, geez, we um, we pulled it off and that it was the main well. thing. Yeah. So we thought it, we had a little break because we had the long weekend when mm. our last episode right. was due out and we've we've all had a very busy few weeks so we thought we'd give ourselves a little bit of a downtime take the long week on, ref- long, long weekend off, I should say, refresh and re-energise and come back. But we thought with this episode we would have a look at the show. And, and how to set up a show. And what it – so those were the 108th and 109th championship shows and and probably have a bit of an explore about, like, what does it actually, like, take to put on a dog show? What do you have to do? So what what did you do, Kim? For like, what were the first things when you thought to yourself, "I'm going to put on these these shows"? What did you? What were the first things you had to prepare and set up for? What did you do first off? Well, you can't run a recognised um, A and K show unless you're registered with your dog body in your local state. Mm. So we're registered. Ours is affiliated. We're affiliated with Dogs New South Wales. Mm-hmm. Um, which is um, part of the um, Australian National Kennel Control, which is now called Dogs Australia. Mm. So you have to, to do that to run a recognised show where you can um, obtain um, points towards being a champion and follow their rules. Um, there aren't any other recognised organisations in Australia. We are connected with the FCI in, in Europe which makes us the only body that can have run a recognised shows at this point in time. Oh, yeah. So that's that's the first thing. So then um, we're an affiliated club with Dogs New South Wales and therefore Dogs Australia. And what you need to do is um, apply for a show and a show date. And we do apply for show dates. Um, we used to have them every March and every September, but over time, with the changing of, um, I suppose it's it's really quite, you know, consumer behaviour um, in the dog world. We've we've changed things around uh, a lot with, you know, numbers of dogs and that enter and, you know, best times to have a show. Um, because the world is very different in that people are time poor. Mm. Mm. So, all, you know, we used to have the March, September, everybody knew. We were the only club in New South Wales and 
everybody just ended because that's what they did and, you know, a lot of people had much more time on their hands. Mm. But over time that's changed uh, and we're quite progressive, our club, in in recognising those changes and what would be best for the the breed club and the breed uh, to run run a a championship and, and, and open shows which are shows without points. They're usually for judges that are training to be a judge. So what we do, we apply to Dogs New South Wales with a schedule. So that's a list of what we're going to do, our judge. Uh, we have to apply to the, uh, Dogs Australia to approve our international judges. If we are having an international judge, they have to be checked overseas that they are a judge and that they're allowed to judge in Australia mm-hmm. and recognised here to award championship points. Um, and it, that's it, that credentials usually... Uh, only that they can award um, challenge certificates in their own country oh. or green cars if they're from Ireland or whatever from Europe, mm. so wherever you get them from. So with all that documentation and process you need to follow, you'd probably have to start planning quite a way out from when you wanted to have the show run. How long? How long do you have to start planning? How much time do you give yourself? Well, there's deadlines and timeframes on everything um, just off the top of my head. I can't remember. But you have to have your application in for your international judge if you're bringing an international judge uh, way in advance. Otherwise, there's extra costs like everything. When you're late, you have to pay extra. Mm. Um, And then you have to have your schedule in uh, five months in advance to the show. Right. So if you're running two shows a year... You're virtually putting the schedule in days, if not weeks, after the the show you've just run. For the well, next yeah. show, yeah, for the next yeah. show. That's so. What we did was, as I said, we had all the September and and March every year for years, yeah. and we decided that probably be a good idea with the numbers and the practicality of people wanting to come to more than one show at a time, um, to to back it up against the Royal Easter Show. And for many years we've had held a show within the Royal Easter Show so that mm. you can the Staffords are judged at the Royal and then that afternoon they can um, be judged by a specialist. So that was one thing we did. But with this one we decided that we would go to as equally as big um, event, which is the Spring Fair. Mm-hmm. Um, the Spring Fair actually um, have a, a multiple title situation. They can run a CASB show, which is the recog- is the titles that are from Europe. So you can get yourself an international champion by, without leaving the country as long as the judges have flown in and they are allowed to award CASB awards. Okay. Mm. An international, like a European champion, without leaving Australia because they actually bring the judges in. Mm. So we backed up to that show so that we could have our specialty with that show and then that gave the opportunity for people to come over for a weekend, three or four days, and then uh, have the opportunity to to start titling their dogs um, from other countries um, because the judges come into that show. Mm. And also we have the normal CC challenge certificate, but we all also offer what we call the ROM, which is the recognition of merit that can be awarded by 
um, special to, specialty judges, so Stafford people that have um, had the breed for a particular criteria of time mm. and, and met particular criteria, then they can award the ROM, which is the recognition of merit, which also gives you another award. So what we decided to do was, because of the numbers dropping across the whole dog world in every breed, to make it more than just the um, the event, but to make it that the people that could bring their great dogs um, to, uh, to try and obtain um, titles. So what we did was we backed it up against the Spring Fair, who offer those awards, and we offer the ROM as well. And it, it's, it turned out to be a success. People do come for the weekend and try to title their dog that way now. Mm-hmm. So sort of like almost like a accelerated process, like you, you're getting a couple if – you, if you've got the dog to do that, you can get a couple of things in one weekend and, and speed up the process of – A couple of awards. A couple of awards in one weekend, yeah. Yeah, yeah, you can get your normal title, your, cha- your champion or your supreme mm. or mm. whatever. You can get a ROM, you can get a CASIB. Now, the thing with the CASIB is there's only one or two shows in each state that runs a CASIB. So if you're going to get a CASIB dog, you have to be able to fly around the country or drive around the country. Mm. Um, CASIB. There's also uh, a, 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 an Asian title, which some – um, people can award those titles from Asia. Yeah. So it, it's all about making it very inviting to the exhibitor and um, for them to bring their dog. I actually was talking with somebody about this yesterday where we've added more classes to our bow, like graduate and limit, which has been there forever. But that reason why we did that was to get so that you'd be eligible to go to the to the uh, challenge lineup and maybe get a ROM. So... Mm-hmm. So to make the title more, you know, to get the title, which would make it more appealing um, to enter the classes. Right. But, but, yeah, but you do have to put your schedule in five months in advance. And you'd have to say these, these are the the awards that will be awarded and you run through that. Is that right when you put it in? Say yeah, this. you know, the ad we put up, that that's the schedule. Yep. Right. So that's, you know, where, when, uh, what. Uh, judges, classes, um, you know, where to send your your, your entry um, and what the classes are and what the trophies are, but that's what it is on there. And that's what you submit to the Dogs yeah. New South Wales to start the, start the ball rolling, as they say. Yeah, and they actually um, approve the schedule and mm-hmm. put it on, give it a show date, the show date that you request mm. usually is approved. Um, but, you know, we do that and then, like, we speak with the Spring Fair Committee who are absolutely fantastic and say we'd like to run with your show and they're, they're fine. They've got lots of specialties now. Mm. Okay. That probably works for them as well because if they've, you know, if they've got 20 different people wanting to run specialty shows at their show, that means people will come for the specialty and their show as well. That's so right. They attract people. That's right, and this is what has been happening for some time now because mm. I think, you know, as we've mentioned before, you know, you go you used to go to shows and there was thousands of dogs. Mm-hmm. But, you know, people have just become smarter and creative with, more creative with how we're going to work together to keep the uh, shows going. Mm. Mm. So for you, you know, um, setting this all up, 
we've gone through the documentation and how you've got to submit all of that. But then also you've got, you know, the awards and the ribbons and things like who who sets that up? That's you as well, is it? Yeah, there's, there's the in the club um, structures, there's usually the president, the secretary, the treasurer and often um, a show secretary or the secretary runs the show. Mm-hmm. So that person's responsible for, you know, all the administration, you know, the contracts to the judges. The judge also has to sign a contract and agree to what they would ask for to come to the country or if they're local, um, what fees they would charge to judge the show um, and what's in the contract. So it might be accommodation as well mm. and um, also, you know, things like um, they agree to write a critique after the show um, or whatever it is that you agree to. So they have to sign the contracts. That comes back and that also goes back into Dogs New South Wales and Dogs Australia for approval um, just to make sure the people are legitimate and that they are eligible to judge. Um, and then um, that all goes in there and that's that's that step done. The next step is, yes, you have to have all your ribbons and sashes or coats or some years ago um, we developed a, a new way of doing it where we normally used to give out what was called a, a challenge sash, which was purple, but um, we saw the lovely coats on the beautiful racehorses when they won and so okay. we took that idea and we've created our own um, coats that um, the, the, both the the dog in the bitch challenge get and a best in show coat, which is which is gold, and 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 this has actually just um, gone all around the world. It's everybody does it now, mm. so really um, really caught on. Um, so we have to arrange to have those made and and engraved or embroidered, whatever. Um, so there's that, and then you ha- we have ribbon manufacturers who do the ribbons for us. So we put our orders in for that and then we have to work out how we're going to do trophies and we've always been known for our very good trophies and mm. we've always managed to get people to donate. And that's another way also we get sponsored for the ribbons. We put out um, a list and say who would like to sponsor the ribbons and they get their names on it as a sponsor. Mm. Um, because all of the clubs are very – it's volunteer, so um, – it's, it's run by the community basically and people donate um, lots to make, keep the clubs running. So the show secretary is also responsible for that, getting all the sponsorship in um, and uh, sorting all that out. Um, so then there's the paperwork associated to running the club, which now we have, um, we used to do it all ourselves, but now we have um, companies that have been created by dog people little small businesses that run uh, cataloging um, mm-hmm. and also will you enter online now and they compute yeah. all the thing all the things into the catalog and set it all up for you and um, give it back to you and you can either do it on a tablet or on hard copy so that's made life a lot easier the show secretary used to have to do all of that wow yeah. In the old days when we used to run very big shows, like with 5,000 entries, with, you know, paper entries across the dining room. It would be like having a telephone book worth of entries, wouldn't it? Like it would be ridiculous. Oh, it was amazing. It was insane, actually. Because <laughs> <laughs> there's seven groups and then, you know, yep. between 20-something and 30-something breeds and 
I don't know how we did it, to be honest. Yeah, I was going to say, but I bet you had it running like clockwork, though. Yeah. <laughs> you, yeah. you girls. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we did. And we used to say, well, we wish they could put this online somehow all the way back then. Oh, gosh. Um, but, um, and they eventually worked it out. So, but that does make it easier. So then what happens is the exhibitor um, can see their entry. The catalogue comes out an hour before the show. Uh, we used to have to write cards and post them out to every exhibitor. They'd put a self-stamped addressed envelope in their entry and we would send it back to them. But now they just come to the show, see their number and write it out themselves and stick it on their arm. Yeah. Right. So it has been very much streamlined mm. since days. But, yeah, so that's 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 all the card distribution is great like that. And, um, and then you can get your catalogue online. Or some some clubs like to have the catalogue available. We often um, just say it's part of your entry, um, but lots of specialty clubs, particularly, will charge a a cost to have a paper um, catalogue. But I think that these days, um, with the cost of travel and and entries and things, I think clubs do their best to, or we do anyway, to support our um, our exhibitors as well. So I remember back in the one of the first episodes we did, might have even been the first one, where we talked about uh, if people wanted to be part of the club, a part of the Staffordshire Bull Terrier Society, New South Wales, and join your club, then there'd be more than just, you know, judging and staff, stewardship and that sort of thing. You can also do get involved in administration and marketing and and all of that as to get experience. So is that, like when you're running a show like this, is that something that people that are part of the club can get involved in and assist with in definitely. events yeah. management and all of that? Yes, definitely. They're very, very welcome to um, to be, you know, come along and uh, if they've got administrative skills and they really enjoy doing that, well, we welcome them with open arms. <laughs> so if they were interested to to get involved in setting up a show and, and getting all, you know, doing all that stuff, would they get in contact with you? What's the best way for them to be become part of that? Well, they'd become a member of the club and um, often they would have to be a member of um, Dogs New South Wales as well because um, that's, you know, that's part of what you need to do. Um, mm-hmm. And then we would show them the ropes um, it's, and it's quite easy to do and um, just, you know, nurture them into what's required. Mm-hmm. I, it occurs to me, I was <laughs> just thinking about this then and I've only just realised this is the 109th show. So this means that you've done this 109 times now. No, no, no. <laughs> no. <laughs> no was, there wasn't ever like a first championship show. <laughs> Is yeah, Miss Officer ran that show. Joan Officer, the Bull Terrier lady. Okay. She ran it. Um, the very first and, one. Yeah, and she was the secretary for a very long time and she used to run the shows and she only missed one show where she was too late putting the schedule in um, mm. and they knocked her back. Um, so now they don't knock you back. You just have to pay more money. Yeah, um, yeah they can't afford to <laughs> knock you back nowadays, can you? Uh, so... Um, but um, what's what's happened is is that um, she she did it for a long time, and then Alice Bailey did it for a while, and then my sister did it for many years, too many years. She just yeah. used to with her eyes shut. Yeah. Um, and so uh, and now I've 
in the last five years I've had to do it. So um, it's um, – but we always had a part of something like in the club that we did. Mm. Um, but running the shows, um, you know, was – and anybody who came along who wanted to have a go, we definitely let them do it mm. um, and and basically, um, you know, show them the ropes. A lot of them have gone on to um, run up the things, bigger things or – whatever, but this week I've spoken to so many of my um, dog friends who have been running specialty shows and every one of them have gone, gee, this is a lot of work, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We go, yeah, we, they forget, we forget, don't we, every time what work's involved here. Mm. Yeah. Mm. I think that's true for any, like, amateur sporting organisation, like, you know, where it just takes a lot of time and energy and a lot of, dedicated people to be involved with these things, you know? Yeah, yeah, and it is. And I think in the old days there was lots of people and, you know, many hands make light work. Yeah. But now, but we have, we do have the streamline of the, the computer systems and those sorts of mm, things. Which makes things easier to Yeah, but manage. there's still a hell of a lot to do. Like, you know, as you say, like organising sashes and organising ribbons. All the and, yeah. And getting... Well, for- Fortunately, the last show um, was all set to go and um, we because we'd cancelled through COVID and everything, mm. we were catching up. So a lot of the sashes were already made and hanging oh, up ready. Right. Uh-huh. Uh, but the second show, that wasn't the case. I had to get them all made. Um, and it's quite expensive to get those sashes made. They can be up to $8,000 worth of sashes. Oh, wow. Wow. Yeah, it's, it's quite expensive to um, – and that was like even without the um, – with the coats that are donated. Mm. So, you know, it's, it is quite a, an expensive thing to run a show, but if you keep your budget in check and get people to support, well, then mm. it's pretty much all right. That sort of runs itself, you pretty much know. Um, you know, of course, you've got your entry fee, which, well, it doesn't always cover everything, but it's, um, it's helpful. Mm. So we were just mentioning, you are just saying that some of the people that have helped in the past, that have been part of these shows in the past, have gone on to to other things. I mean, I guess if you were going to be part of setting up a whole dog show and, and doing all of the event management and everything, that would be a good thing to have on your resume. Oh, yes, it would, it would because even if it's community-based, you know, those... those um those credentials you can use in anything, really, mm. can't you? We all we all often say that it's um, was you know all of us have had good grounding that's taken us uh, been good for our careers or whatever work mm. we've tried, you know, that we've wanted to do. That it's mm. it's way that you know it's organisational skills, really, yeah. isn't it? Yeah, and a lot of um, a lot of employers out there are, are interested in people's community efforts, you know, and they they like. They like someone that's been part of their community and and doing things yeah. like this as well. Yeah, that's right. It's very, um, it's very, um, you know, it's it's really good. You know, people who've been in the dog world, I believe, can work in most things because it's a cross section of, of society, really. Mm. And you're doing a bit of everything. You're mm. involved in a bit of everything. Yeah, I would have thought it'd be good for like like young kids that are in doing marketing it like TAFE or uni or something like that where, you know, if they've got an interest in dogs, because 
you know, organising a dog show at the Royal Easter show is no mean feat. And I think when you say to people, like I know when we've said to people, oh, yeah, we, you know, we were exhibitors at the Royal Easter show, they're all impressed by that because it's a Royal Easter show. But yes. I think, you know, if when we're talking about putting things on resumes, if you're a young kid doing a marketing thing. A young person. And you go, oh, young kid. Well, we're old now, so <laughs> yeah, they're, all, they're all kids kid. to us now. <laughs> but, you know, you go, you say, like, hey, come and organise this, help, help out organise this show. You know, if you're studying marketing, you're studying at TAFE or whatever, come and help organise this show and then, mm. you know, you get to you get to put on your resume, well, I organised a dog show at the Royal Easter Show. <laughs> you know, and it sounds extremely impressive and, and it looks great. Well, yeah, it does. And I think the thing is too that um, we take it for granted. It is quite impressive. Yeah. Um, yeah. But we just take it for granted because, you know, we've done it since we were kids. and yeah. It's just something we do. <laughs> But um, I think you're right. It is quite impressive that some that you could you could do that. Yeah. I, I see it in people's eyes all the time when I go, oh, "Yeah, we we had a stand at the Royal Easter Show this year," and people go, "Like, really? Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, oh, yeah, that is kind of cool." And we've been yeah, through yeah. my rock star moment I had at the Royal Easter Show. Yes, we don't need to know about <laughs> that anymore. <laughs> but we look at this too. There's things like you know um, the setting up the trophy tables. Um, mm. it, you know, and that has to match all the ribbons have to match the classes, mm. all the mm. trophies match the ribbons, and yeah. that's you know, I hate. And <laughs> that's the one you delegate. <laughs> no, I go, can you match that up? Um, <laughs> like, what do you mean? Well, just put them the same, you know. Um, <laughs> but um, because it's just like oh, and then in the end, you go, no, no, it opens last. Um, but. <laughs> You know, but it's it's that you know. And there's some. I say to people, oh, you could do this. This is really creative, and you're creative. Come this way. Mm. Um, so make it look pretty. Um, so you know, there's those sorts of things. Um, there's also the management of the show. So um, you know, you go the night before or the day before and set up the rings. Now those rings are already set up, but you still have to put up, you know, all your um, yes, all your banners. <laughs> Yeah, your banners and your, you know, your place markers and where mm-hmm. your table's going to be and if you're going to ramp and that all that sort of thing, set all that up for the next day. So there's the show management, making sure that everything's where it's supposed to be. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, Spring Fair, it was quite good because the um, the actual organisers um, allowed the people from interstate and whoever else want to arrange to put up those big... Um, it's not a canopy. It was a big, like, white tent. Marquee. Like a, yeah, party hire thing. Marquees. Mm. Yep. Mm. So all around the rings were long marquees. And even, and even if yeah. you didn't, was made, it was massive. It was beautiful. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. You know, there's all those sorts of things that people can get into. So there's a lot so, of hands-on things at the time of the show. So you need roadies in another, <laughs> in yeah. another sense to, well, that's to right. set it all up. Yeah, the manual heavy lifting stuff. Mm. So it's um, but you know that's so you do need show managers um, apart from, um, but all these things are run under a rules. So if you're the show manager, you've got rules. If you're the show secretary or the secretary, you've got rules. Um, so and shows are conducted under rules. Mm-hmm. So there's particular things that have to be done and conduct and, you know. Um, so th- th- those people that are running it need to know those rules. That's why mm. they have to be 
of the club and the, and the Dogs New South Wales. So do you have a list of people that you go, okay, I know these people have have expressed their interest in assisting me to set up these shows, so I'll get in contact with them. Like, do they, or do you put it put it out there to say who wants to help me set up this show? Like, how how do you find the people that want to want to be part well, of it? They're normally on the committee, um, and when we hold our um, yearly elections, our annual elections, uh, people nominate themselves or are nominated to to do this um, job. And so it's not just just before the show. It's, mm. you know, the whole year that you're involved because you have to have meetings and decide which judges we're bringing, right. you know, what what we're doing for trophies, what we're doing for all sorts of things as part of the show. It's sort of not like we just do it the month before. It's mm. a, an ongoing thing. And, you know, have you put the schedule in? Um, how? And, of course, there's all the associated costs. So the treasurer needs to know all that sort of thing and manage that. Mm-hmm. So it's a whole committee of people. Everyone pulls together to She'll, get it happen. I feel like she also roped in a couple of people that she does a podcast with to do a couple of things as well. <laughs> I'll put up a banner. <laughs> You're standing oh nothing this way. Yeah, we, did. <laughs> we, we designed those things that went on Facebook. We did that. That was us. I think all... All comers welcome and all ideas welcome. Yeah. Like I said, it's the, I think it's a great challenge of, of a amateur sporting, any amateur sporting organisation, and you do. You just take whoever's prepared to put a bit of effort in sometimes, don't you? Not know, even like, sporting organisation, just community organisation well, yeah, yeah. in general. Yeah. Oh, I'm, well, just, I'm thinking about like the experience of putting on like, you know, when I used to play rugby and putting on game days, you know, setting up the field and... And going and collecting ice and going and collecting meat and going and collecting drinks and bringing those down and cooking barbecues and things like that. Like everyone's got to chip in and it runs more smoothly when everyone sort of, you know, contributes. As you say, many hands make light work, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah. And, you know, lots of people have got their own talents that they have that they work with or, um, you know, or they, you know, we used to have a guy who worked in the RAF and he built us a barbecue. Um yeah. He would build trolleys that we would give for prizes and he wouldn't oh. worry the end of a day while he was at work. Mm. So, you know, different people have got their different talents. Mm. You know, different breeds, it's interesting, different breeds um, bring a, a whole different level of abilities as well. I mean, Staffordshire Bull Terriers have got a lot of tradies always, but we didn't have a lot of traders. Didn't have a lot uh, of what, sorry? Administrators. Oh, but we okay. Had Heaps of tradies and hands-on people. Mm. Um, but, you know, other groups and other breeds, they've got more uh, professionals. So right. it's it's interesting to break it up that way as well. Mm. Ah, so other breeds, you'd have more people doing admin work, whereas in in our breed, you'd have more people doing practical mm-hmm. work, hands-on work, yeah. Yeah, you'd have plenty of show managers and people running around to do those sorts of things and cook the barbie or whatever, but you wouldn't have many people that knew much about administration or right. even the treasury. Yeah. Mm. So, you know, so it's 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 really quite interesting to um, mm. the demographic of each breed is interesting to study as well. Something that I'm interested in is, and this is not on the questions that we talked about, but how do you pick your judges? What do you what do you look for? Do you have a, a few people that you know are good judges and you trust their opinion, or do you look for someone who's an up and comer and maybe looking to put 
you know, put kind of get some experience? Like, how do you pick your judges? Well, in the old days, we used to get very excited if we were bringing an overseas judge. I remember the very first guy we brought round, Savat, from the UK, and everybody was quite excited. It was such mm. an exciting show because we had this international Englishman who was coming to judge, and he did an okay job, and everybody was quite happy with that. Mm. And so from then on, um, there was different people that were nominated, but these days it's... Um, a matter of, um, I suppose, finding somebody who's, um, uh, what can I say? Be, be careful what I say. <laughs> Basically, it's about somebody who, I suppose, have the courage of their convictions and um, uh, judge dogs. Yeah, yeah, somebody who. Mm, somebody that... who, like, you. what happens is people nominate different judges mm. and, have a criteria and they have their resume. We get their resume and have a look what they've done in the brief for where, wherever, whichever country they're from. Mm. So, you know, last time we had Dean from America mm-hmm. and he's a relatively new judge. Um, not not brand new, but relatively new. He's had experience. And then we had uh, John Ryder from the UK who's, you know, very experienced, judged all over the world. Mm. Now, our view is is that we need we can't just keep having the same judges from one country. We need to have a global perspective, mm. um, and actually, we were probably one of the first people to do that. Have a global perspective on bringing people from different countries mm. in just one country. So they have to have a particular criteria they meet, and often they have to be able to meet the ROM criteria as well if we want them to award ROMs. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yes, and, and that's probably how we do it. We do it from, um, you know, their their experience and um, their credibility, um, what kind of a judge they are if they, you know, have the courage of their convictions, they can write a critique mm-hmm. and explain why they did what they did. Yeah and having an overview of the dogs because, after all, we're bringing them out here and we're, we're paying their fares or we're not paying their fares, it depends, um, but we want an honest opinion of the dogs that are in front of them. Mm. Mm. And a balanced opinion as well, like you want someone who's going to be fair but also, you know, if it's a good dog, it's a good dog and if it's not a good dog, well, here's the reasons why it's not a good dog. That's right. Well, yeah. it's not the one here today, that's, you know, Sort of relative, so, and 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 that's right. But people who will come, and we've always been quite good at choosing good judges for for the society. Mm. Um, but we've never really brought husband and wife teams. A lot of clubs do. Mm. Um, and I remember one year we brought Roger Pugh, and Roger's wife was a judge as well, and she was a little bit um, put out that we hadn't asked her to judge the second show. Ah. We. Brought Daniels from the USA, yep. and I said, "Well, you know, no, no personal thing here. We may bring you in the future, but we wanted two separate, different opinions mm-hmm. from two different countries." Yeah, because mm. Rod, Roger and Doreen often judged, you know, together, mm-hmm. and and that's cool. I don't say there's anything against it, but we try to keep a balanced. I mean, we were the first one to bring in um, a European, Hank Burgle, the gentleman's name was. He did a fantastic job. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, 
you know, we people, well, why aren't you bringing the English? Well, at the end of the day, there's other people who've put as much into the breed and have as much knowledge in other countries. Why would we not draw on them? Mm. Mm. Yeah, I would imagine it also leads to a bit more transparency as well. Like, you know, you've got two separate judges from two separate parts of the world. You know, they, they're going to they're going to give their own opinions. There's no suggestion that they could be talking to each other or share an opinion or maybe they're travel buddies that have been around a bit and they know what the other one's thinking. Like, you've just got two very different opinions. I would have thought that would be a better mm. way to get points. <laughs> well, yeah, and the thing is, too, that it's about what they had been exposed to. Yeah. Um, like, especially in the old days, there wasn't the... Well, you know, I don't know about the travel now after COVID, but there was a lot of travel, you know, in the 70s, 80s, 90s, early thousands of people going around the world looking at, at dogs and going to dog shows. But, mm. you know, what you're exposed to on a weekly basis in your country and the dogs you're exposed to and um, all those sort of aspects of, of judging as well and, of course, the different systems. So we wanted an international flavour. Mm. So it's not your choices aren't a personal thing, one way or another. It's more you know you need that that variety across the board from a global perspective. We often didn't know them even mm. Mm. when Ron Savak came out. Um, that was the first time everybody anybody ever met him. Obviously, mm. like um, from there on, yes, sometimes we we did know the people we were mm. bringing, but. Often that was a case of was good because we did know their, um, you know their, I suppose their credibility to to judging and their you know people have got good names that are being fair and honest and looking at all colours and looking at all types and just judging to the standard, mm. and then you get people that have a type that they prefer, and they come out and judge and and you you knew that was going to happen. Mm. Not because they're not too honest; it's because that's their type of dog. And I was going to—I was thinking as well, just in going back to the um, the old days versus the today kind of thought process. Nowadays, you could actually do a bit more research on the judges and actually know a bit more about them, and maybe even see some of their work online. Whereas, so perhaps gives you a bit more of an opportunity to get a a judge who you know is going to do a really good job. Uh, well, yeah, with the with the internet and everything, everybody yeah. blames that for a lot of of the demise of the dog world. But I mean, yeah, when you're going to judge somewhere, you often get a lot of Facebook friend requests. <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> and and a lot of people laugh and go, "What do you do?" Well, you don't answer them, do no. you? Not till after the show. <laughs> That's right. So, um, but a lot of people complain that. You know, people only come out on Facebook advertising their dog when it's about there's about to be a show. Well, I don't think there's an issue. I mean, mm-hmm. ad- form of advertising. I mean, in the old days, we just did it in magazines. Yeah, exactly. Mm. So I don't think that um, that's necessarily an issue um, because I, I just think we judges people. You know, don't give judges any credit a lot of the time. They think that they're going to be swayed by that. Mm. It's. I reckon it'd be a tough job as well because you know we we sort of touched on it before, but you'd need to have pretty thick skin. I think in any in, in any instance where there's a competition, you'll get people who are happy, people who are 
not so happy with the judgment. So, you know, you'd have to have that, that thick skin, that ability to withstand a little bit of that heat uh, after the show. Oh, look, uh, for my view on that is, is basically if you've got the confidence and the courage of your convictions mm. to explain why you did what you did, well, mm. then not a problem. Yeah, and I guess if you've got the experience to be able to back that up, well, the same, same thing really, isn't it? Yeah, well, if you if you can justify your your reason, mm. and I mean, yes, yeah, some people will go off in a huff, but that's why it would be it would be the foolhardy person that would argue with Kim Reader. I could assure you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. oh. Can you imagine that conversation? <laughs> oh, no, I'm quite kind to people about it. I mean, they they love their dogs, so yeah. you've got. Um, you know, you got to be remember that you got to be kind to them. It's their yeah. friend. Um, I mean, what did they they used to say in the old days? Um, you can um, what was it? Uh, punch my wife, kick my kid, but don't say anything about my dog. <laughs> that's uh, that's my new motto. <laughs> so you have to be kind to people about it. You can't. No, I know. But you know, I'd, I'll be say I'll say I've never really had anybody come and have a go at me. Oh, okay. No. Nope. Yeah, most people just take it on the chin and and walk away. Well, or, I think or, or take it in the spirit it's meant. I should say. Well, I think the thing is, is that um, that 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 comes with respect. People have entered for your opinion. Mm. Mm. They and respect should. the yeah respect your opinion. Yeah. So if they respect your opinion, um, they'll come and ask you maybe why you did what you did, but they never really, I've never had anybody to have a go at me. Mm. Mm. I and feel... I think the worst thing I think my sister ever had a go at it was some guy threw his hat at her feet. <laughs> <laughs> she still, I can't work out what that was about still. <laughs> <laughs> a great insult to the dog show world. <laughs> how, how very dare you and throws that at the feet. Yeah, and she sort of looked <laughs> She didn't realise she didn't work. Obviously, he was happy, um, mm. but uh, and walked off. But um, you know, it's it's not. Um, it's I don't. I, I the, the worst ones to have a go at you are the child handler parents. Oh, oh right. Yep. Yep. I've, had, I've had them have a go at me. Yep. But you know, that's like football and whatever sport the kids mm. play. No, the stage parents. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah. I know the type. So before we before we let you go, um, what was your highlight of that show weekend? Um, that it came off at all. <laughs> just released from hospital. Um, yeah, yeah, that's right. So um, I was yeah, you were having a really rough time at that time. Yeah, so um, the fact that it came off, but of course. As is always, the dog world comes to the rescue, and and so does family. Mm. So um, it's it was pretty much set up, but you know I had all that backup, which was great. Mm. Um, and um, you know, you that's always the case in a dog world. If things get a bit rough like that, they'll come to your aid. Um, so, but I think um, I don't know. I think. As is always, the show ran very smoothly, um, sort of runs itself. Um, 
that people had entered from, so many people had entered from interstate. Um, the entry was quite reasonable for this point in time. Um, John had a good time judging and so did Dean as far as I understand. Mm. Um, and, um, you know, that it actually um, came off at all. I was a bit excited that it, I thought I was going all right. So um, I suppose the highlight of it was really um, catching up with everybody because that's what is, uh, you know, there's the social side of it. Mm. And I think so the podcast, I think, went fantastically well and I know the feedback from um, different people um, that were there on the night mm-hmm. and other was great. So I think doing that for the first time was great. That was lots of, that was good. We yeah. enjoyed it, didn't we? And um, John mentioned it in his critique how oh. good it was. So, um, you know, it was. It's. Um, I think, you know, we'll do that again probably um, if you'll do it. Oh, and, yeah, for sure. Every time. <laughs> um, but, you know, it, I think that also was good. Um, but, yeah, the, the fact that it came off as well as it did and I think um, the reception of our trophies this time, uh, people came and said to me they couldn't believe the trophies and that um, they couldn't believe it wasn't a perpetual trophy. Are you sure you're giving this to me, one lady said? Oh, oh and, wow. <laughs> no, it's yours. Yeah. Um, so there was that and... Um, and they uh, were so popular. I've had inquiries from from John on how to get them, and also other um, big breed clubs like the Rottweiler Club. Can you, um, you know, how can we get these trophies? So I think they were received really well. That's good. Mm. Uh, you know, just the positives that come out of the shows and the the winners, and how um, you know how excited they get when they win. That always gives me a lot of joy. I, mm. I get excited for people when they. Um, you know, it's a lot of work for them. They travel a long way and then they're successful. Mm. They're always happy. You did have a lot of um, people from interstate, didn't you, travel, you know, a long distance? Oh, yeah. Half of South Australia were there. Yeah. Um, yeah, we were but, talking to people that had, that had camped. They were camping there. Yeah, they camped there. In the yeah. grounds. Yeah. They came and camped there and they camped at um, uh, the caravan parks. Mm. And uh, yeah, so and um, one particular guy from South Australia, he just put his gazebo up and he slept in that. <laughs> <laughs> I know what you're talking about. That's what I was thinking about. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, so they rough it. I suppose that's mm. what it's, they rough it. Um, a lot of them, so they can. I mean, you wouldn't know because they walk in the ring looking immaculate. Yeah, that's um, right. Mm. But they do. They rough it. They go in their um, in their. Uh, you know, you sleep in their cars. Mm. Not that the cars aren't kitted out nicely, but um, you know, yeah. I, th- I think we're, when we were um, talking to our South Australian friend, I think he said he had a swag. He was sleeping in a swag. Yeah, swag in the gazebo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. which is actually pretty comfortable, from what I understand. I know a lot of people that do that kind of thing. Yeah, well, I had a look. I said to him, you know, it was might get you might be old. I was a bit concerned actually, and he said. No, no, it's all right. I got the swag, and I'll just put this on. I'll be fine. Yeah, mm-hmm. but go. yeah, it's very. I mean, I've only ever done that once and once only. Yeah, isn't Never. it? It's our thing, Kim. We only sleep under five say? stars. The only stars you sleep under are five stars. That's yeah. right. I think we've talked about it. We, we have. We're in a hotel. <laughs> we have too. The one that we, 
<laughs> Although I did love the I did love the Bill Daniels idea of hiring an RV and travelling around the country and doing these things. That would be amazing. That sounded yeah. terribly exotic when he was talking about it, taking a month off and just going to shows. I'd love yeah, that. Well, well, yeah, a lot of people do that. I mean, Dean was on Facebook the other day. He driven his RV all the way somewhere or other and yeah. mm. camping weekend. Here's our new dream. We, we'll go to the States, hire an RV, travel around and record podcasts at dog shows and then do one at like Westminster or something like that or Crufts or something like that. Like we'll, yeah. get, we'll go, we'll go, like we're never going to get invited to go overseas and judge these things. The bag's not driving. Uh, well, I'll drive. On the side I'll, of the road. No, I'll drive. That's fine. But Well, you could do it in Australia first, get a yeah, handle on. Yeah, that's right. But just yeah, imagine going, like that's, that's my new dream now, to record a podcast at one of the big international dog shows. <laughs> okay. Okay. We'll put that on the list. <laughs> Magic that up for him, Kim. That'd be cool. <laughs> That'd be, oh, no. That'd be cool. I can't ask for much. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> oh, gosh. So you were happy with the entry? Because I know you talk a lot about the entries and the numbers of entries. And so, you know, what makes a good entry? You, you were happy with the one that you had or the ones that you had for the championship shows? Well, look, we used to get – you're only allowed to judge 250 dogs a day. And um, so we used to get entries of 250, 300 in the day and so now with the um all the um shows in all breeds i mean i went to a bizenji show yesterday of which there was 80 but you know bizenji's uh because they have only a a once a year breeding cycle all their puppies are born at the one time and most of those entries were baby puppies so cute (laughs) so at the end of the day there's all these factors involved in entries yeah. Mm. Um, and, you know, um, it's always about the times, you know. COVID um, also created a lot of change for the dog world in that people didn't go to dog shows, no. couldn't other things to do. Mm. And some of them stuck with it. Mm. Yeah. Um, or found how not to do something. Um, and so our numbers have dropped dramatically. The dog legislations have stopped people from breeding, so there's not the dogs to show anyway. Mm. Um, there's so many factors involved in numbers. So when we get a big entry now, it's probably 100, mm. if that. It's probably around the 80s, a big entry. Mm. So we look at all this weekend in South Australia, there was a show. One day it was 42, the next day it was 60. Mm. Right, international judge and a local or not an interstate judge. Mm. So um, that's not a great entry. Um, But I say to people now, and we've said for a long time, it's not the quantity you get now, it's the quality. As long as the good dogs are there, Mm. what matters? Mm. So as long as there's something for the judge to judge that is, you know, of sufficient quality, doesn't matter about the numbers, it's about the quality. Yeah, that makes sense. So having said that today, you know, a very nice dub won best in show. Mm. So, and I believe the day before a different dog won best in show because the dog entered today wasn't in yesterday's show. Mm. Um, but, um, yeah, it's it's very much um, 
you know, a matter of quality in, in, in all dog shows these days. Mm. And as a judge, you hope that the good ones turn up. Mm. Doesn't have to be a lot of them. Mm. Because, you know, there's only so many great ones. I think we've had that discussion too. Yeah, I, I was going to say, and I was going to say, we've had that discussion before where, as a judge, you see a dog walk in, you go, oh, here we go. <laughs> this is <Yeah>. this is it. <laughs> yeah, this is nice. Let's yeah. hope it's got got the three T's. Yeah, yeah. What? Three uh, T's? What are the three yeah, T's? Oh, T's, testicles and um, temperament. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. So, because um, where you can't, you know, you've got to touch those things and see those things with the temperament. <laughs> right. It's a bit of a judge thing. Sorry. Oh, no, no, I get, no, actually, yeah, that's, that's, I get it. If, if it doesn't have a good temperament, you can't touch the other two T's, can you? Well, probably not. No. <laughs> you get your hand bitten off. Yeah. <laughs> Something will happen to you. Mm. So, you know, it's like they walk in and you still have to check those things, you know. Yeah. Mm. Hey, um, can I just say one other thing? We're going to put this episode up. Tonight. Tonight. Today. Right now. But this is our first anniversary. What do you mean? Is it? Yeah, yeah, we've been doing this for a year. We have not. We have to. Wow. Yep. The 15th of October, 2022. Oh, it so is. it is actually two It is today. It is today. Oh. What? We should have a cake or something. I think what we put we it I think we put it up on a Saturday last time before we so set now. it on the Sundays after that. But the 15th well, of October, put, 2022 was the introduction episode. You have to put happy birthday at the end then. Oh, or happy or something. I will. So, yes, it is our very first Happy anniversary first. today. Happy first birthday. We've been doing oh, this for wow. a year. Happy birthday to you too. <laughs> <laughs> oh, goodness. That's I am, exciting. I am the biggest one-year-old you'll ever see. <laughs> <laughs> I, mean, I mean, happy anniversary. I've yeah. got a bit excited there. Yeah. yeah. There you go. Oh, a whole year. Where does, does it, that go? Hasn't right? it gone quick? Uh, yeah. Absolutely insane. And how's our popularity going? Don't be. <laughs> and you know what? We've had over 2,000 listens in that 12 months, so that's absolutely brilliant as well. That's how our popularity is going. 2,168 listens at last count, and we have been listened to all over the world. The only continent we haven't been listened to on is, of course, Antarctica. <sighs> so if anybody knows someone in Antarctica that I'm loves dogs. we going to get those penguins sorted out. Yeah. <laughs> totally. They have huskies and stuff down there, yeah. don't they? Don't they? I don't know, do they? Or is that the Arctic? That's the Arctic, I think. No, the penguins just Yeah, penguins. They just need to get themselves some internet connection and they'll be right. Anyway. Sounds perfect. <laughs> well, happy anniversary. Happy one year anniversary to us. Wonderful. Yeah. Thank you, Kim. Thank you. We wouldn't ha- we wouldn't have it without you. Oh, we wouldn't have it without you guys either. <laughs> <laughs> What a team we are.